0: Now, at this time of the year, we see a lot of people at gyms, perhaps trying to keep resolutions like exercise more and lose weight. However, according to a study by the University of Scranton, only 8% of people actually achieve their New Year's goals. So this next interview might motivate you to become one of those 8%, as according to a new study... Training for a marathon can significantly boost your heart health. For further discussion, we have Dr. Anish Bhuva, British Heart Foundation cardiology fellow at Bart's Heart Centre, one of the authors of this study. Thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us today. My pleasure. So you have shown, scientifically, that slow and steady trading can be really helpful, so helpful that it can cut off years of our cardiovascular age. How did you conduct that research?
1: So the, in, the research was, was motivated by exploring the healthy aging process that happens in, in all our bodies. And one of the hallmarks of that process is stiffening off your body's vessels and off your body's circulation. And, and when that happens, that leads to a higher risk of heart disease, strokes, dementia, kidney disease, and affects the, the, the body in a whole number of ways. And what we know is that people who've been exercising for their life, lifelong veteran athletes, have circulations that are, uh, are biologically younger and, and you know, less, less stiff and stretchier circulation. But what we don't know is how that applies in the real world and going from doing absolutely nothing in terms of exercise to something affects the body. And so that was the motivation for studying first-time marathon runners. So these were people from the normal population who had decided to run the London Marathon for the first time. Uh, and what we did is we looked in quite detailed state-of-the-art um, imaging um, studies of their, their vessels close to their heart, as well as uh, the rest of their circulation. And they underwent a training program for six months planning for their first London Marathon. And we repeated the assessments afterwards. And what we found on that was that the, the stiffness of their vessels um, reversed after the six months of exercise training. And when you put that in biological terms, that translates to about a biologically um, four years younger vessel, as well as other findings, too. So we found a blood pressure decrease, um, about four millimeters of mercury. And whilst that doesn't sound like a lot, that's similar to, to the effect of some medication.
0: That sounds very encouraging. Do you suspect that you have to continue it um, or or would some of those benefits last for much longer than your actual exercise?
1: Absolutely right. So we only studied these first-time marathon runners before they started their training and then after the marathon. So we didn't follow them up afterwards. We don't know how this affects them. What we do know, though, is those people who, who train for longer periods it appears to have a sustained effect on the body. And those runners who have been running for their whole lifetime or a number of decades have vessels that are even biologically younger than these first-time marathon runners. So it suggests that there's probably a progressive benefit, but you've got to continue and, and sustain the exercise training to do that.
0: I actually did run the London Marathon and um, I did so twice, actually, along with the New York Marathon a few years back. And I, I greatly enjoyed the experience, but I had in the back of my mind that going that distance wasn't necessarily so good for my body. Uh, for example, going past the half marathon distance, you, you start discovering things like certain injuries in your knees that you would never otherwise have discovered. So do we have to look at this from a broader perspective and perhaps ultimately settle on, on perhaps not necessarily running a full marathon distance, but rather just taking up distance running?
1: You're absolutely right there. Um, so what we, what we looked at here were people who had a broad age range. You know, they're from 21 to 69 years old. But I think the important thing is that this was their first marathon, and the training program we advised was for a, was for a first-time finisher. So that's to say that their training wasn't to run the marathon as quick as they could. It was to get used to the process of running. And like you said, it's getting used to the process of running long distances. And the, the individuals we had in this study, they didn't run the marathon on average very quickly, on average about half an hour slower than, you know, the, the London Marathon times for for the years we looked at. But some people were running it up to, up to seven hours. And I think that's interesting as well, because what it shows is that it's not about how quick you can get over that finish, finishing line. It's about going from doing not much to, to something. And those who ran the, the, the longest actually have the greatest benefits in terms of their blood pressure reduction and their aortic stiffness, their vascular aging. Um, and it seems that those who had the, the most to gain, even if you ran the marathon slowly, appeared to gain the most as well. So it's not about getting through that distance. It's about the training for, and, and not being used to it beforehand.
0: Right. So as a disclaimer there, I was very much going for a time and uh, probably punished myself more than uh, I would have if I'd had that goal of being part of your study. But I I also want to ask you about some of the concerning research I I came across that was also in the back of my mind, which was that distance athletes, especially at elite level, but perhaps even semi-elite level, start to develop uh, muscles in and around their heart, which can actually have a counterproductive effect, even resulting in premature death. Uh, so I guess how strenuous you are also matters, drawing on your previous answer.
1: So so what we were careful to do in this, and we were interested in the training effects for the marathon, not the marathon itself. So what we did actually is we left a gap after the, after the marathon, after about a week or two, for our participants to, to get over, you know, the recovery of, of actually running the marathon. So we can really just study that six months of training. Mm. But we can't answer the questions you, you touch on in this study. But what we do know is that the health benefits of regular exercise are pretty well established. This, this study helps us to understand the benefits in terms of starting real-world training for a first-time marathon. But, the, but, you know, that's a, at a relatively modest level and duration of exercise, and that's very different to the elite lifelong exercise, which, which you touch on there.
0: What sort of training program exactly are we talking about? And for anyone who might want to follow it, uh, can you tell us where we can find the details of this six months? Uh, For example, uh, I presume a lot of the runs would be much, much shorter than 26.2 miles or 42 kilometers.
1: Absolutely. So it's um, a training program, like we were saying, for first-time runners. It's not to get the quickest time you can. It's just to get used to the process of running. And what we advised all our participants was to follow the British Heart Foundation um, and, sorry, the London Virgin Marathon training program for first-time runners. So that's a a, a graded training program over the the four months prior to the marathon. But the important thing is we didn't supervise them doing it. This was a real-world study. If they wanted to do more or less, they were able to do that. And the reason we decided that was to improve adherence. People do what they enjoy doing with a goal in mind rather than a structured training program, which often doesn't apply in the real world setting. And so, for those who are interested in, in what these people do, they could go on to the, the London Virgin Marathon website and look for the first time training program, which will give a good idea of how, it's, how the training was built up over the time. But I think the, the, things to, the key points are really that they were running less than two hours a week beforehand. And on average, based on the completion time, which, like we were saying, were relatively slow, they probably ran an estimated 6 to 13 miles a week over that six-month training period.
0: Were these um, people running in in urban areas? The reason I ask is because one of the concerns many people have with running outdoors in Seoul is that the air is frequently quite polluted, um, especially during uh, seasonal uh, factor times like spring and, and winter. If you're training for a marathon and you're training half the year, you're bound to hit pollution on quite a few of those days. I know there have been some studies which show that exercise may outweigh the negative effects of pollution anyway, but is a treadmill, for example, a good substitute? Have you got any thoughts to share on training in urban areas?
1: So, again, this is a a London marathon. It's another large city like Seoul. Um, But we did not tell people how to train. They could train the way they wanted so I hope that generalizes to, to, to Seoul as well, in that do, do the training the way you see fit um, towards the goal, whether it's marathon running or, or, or other training programs or, or training goals. Um, if you need to do it on a treadmill or if you need to do it outdoors, you should gain the benefits from the exercise itself.
0: Dr. Buva, thank you so much for sharing your inspiring words today. might encourage me to get back out on the road as well.
1: Nice to speak to you.